Hello, and thank you for joining this episode of This Is Just A Phase. I'm your host, Jonathan Kent. Just a few reminders before we get started with this episode. Anybody who's interested could head over to the Facebook group at This Is Just A Phase for current updates on new episodes as well as past episodes. Also, information about bands that are on tour, music videos, and so much more. If Facebook isn't your thing, you can head over to my personal Instagram account at jonathan.kent.311 for a lot of that same information. Also, why don't you do yourself a favor and check out mine and Mike Rodemoyer's record label at thisisjustarecordlabel.bandcamp.com featuring releases like This Is Just a Compilation featuring 28 bands from around the globe as well as the debut EP, from Ohio pop-punk band, Gallon. That being said, Jay, take us away. You've got no motivation and you've got no self-esteem. There's a hole inside your head with no vision to be seen. Let's go. episode, I sit down and shoot the shit with Daisy Valentine of the Pittsburgh punk rock and roll band, The Homicides. We not only chat about the band, but we also discuss her growing up in D.C., her love of go-go music, the origin of her stage name, and her and her bandmates playing and being influenced by many genres of music. We also discuss her views on being a front woman in a punk rock band and her thoughts on being a role model and sounding board for other women within the scene. The songwriting process as a collective unit, the band's first two EPs, and her thoughts on the future for the band moving forward in 2022. So sit back and unapologetically listen to this episode of This Is Just A Phase. Here's a track from The Homicide's 2018 debut EP, Make You Dead, entitled ATA.
good morning, Daisy. Good morning. How are you? Good. How are you doing today? I'm great. I'm absolutely <laughs> wonderful today. Oh, that's great to hear. Thank you so much for being on the podcast. <laughs> oh my God. Thank you for having me. <laughs> You're very welcome. I've I've been a fan of you and your band for well, since the beginning when I heard uh ATA. <laughs> uh, it must have been twenty seventeen, I believe. Yeah. Yeah. And thank you. You're thank welcome. You I, it's funny how I came across your band. Not only do we have mutual friends in the Chiefs. Oh, yeah. But um <laughs> we uh but also, I used to have an app called Title. It was like a streaming thing. Uh-huh. And one day I was doing like, I think I was making like a playlist for like a bunch of local bands like that. As many local bands as I could find, you know? Oh, yeah. And you popped up on the list. Yeah. And I had never heard of you guys before. And I listened to ATA, Anti-Trump Army. <laughs> and... I fell in love with your band, like, from the jump. It's exactly what I expected to hear. <laughs> you know? well, I'm so glad. I'm so and, glad. Uh, it's, 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 it's so refreshing to hear stuff like that still, music like that still being made. Yeah. Um, and like I said, from, from the very jump, I, I, I dug you guys and um, told everybody that I could about <laughs> your band. Um, wow. Thank you so much. You're welcome. And like I said, I... Um, I wanted to have you guys, I wanted to have you on um, because we've, we've had correspondence with the compilation and everything that oh, came yeah. out. That was a and, great comp. Oh, thank you comp. very much. Thank you for being a part of it. Oh, thank you for having us. Oh, you're welcome. And uh, I, I love the song. The song gets a lot of uh, uh, people come to me a lot and really dig the band and really dig that song uh, specifically. Oh, wow. And um, so, which was the whole point of the comp, the whole point of the comp was to, I did have like national and like international bands yeah. on the comp, but it was important to me. Like, I think it's like of the 28 tracks, I think 15 are local-ish bands. Yeah, there's really good stuff on there. I mean, I found a bunch of new bands myself by listening to it. I was like, oh, I was like, this one's really cool. Yeah, I'm glad. And I, a lot of people were like, the, the, people have got from it what I wanted them to. I wanted them to have um, the feel of growing up, like the the old mix, yeah. you know, the old compilation CDs, you oh, know, the, yeah, that's the stuff that I grew up on. You know, yeah. that's how I discovered, you know, bands like we said, like the, the Cheats, you know, I oh, discovered yeah. Todd's band, Silver Tongue Devil from a, an old decor comp. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. And I've been a big fan of Todd in general, like, since I met him. He's just, like, he's just a really impressive guy. Like, he's just, he emanates cool. And I'm I'm so proud to be his friend, you know? <laughs> That's awesome. Me too. Me too. Me and him go back quite quite a long ways. And, but I, I, I really, like I said, I really wanted to try to feature as many local bands as I can. Like I live in Newcastle, which yeah. is just north of you. And um, so I'm kind of, and I grew up in a, a, a smaller city called Sharon. Oh yeah, I know Sharon. Yeah. So um, for me, it was trying to get bands from, you know, Pittsburgh, Cleveland, Youngstown, um, Meadville, like the surrounding yeah. scenes. It was important for me because that's, I don't know the, the same way with the podcast. I try to feature as many local people as I can because I kind of want people to understand in a way where I come from too. 
Yeah. You know, it's easy. You hear all the time about about California punk. You hear all the time about New York punk. You hear about Chicago. But, you know, you don't you don't hear about Pittsburgh. You don't hear about Cleveland. You don't hear about Youngstown the same way. Oh, yeah. I mean, and the fact of the matter is, is that we have really great bands in this region. I mean, just this whole region. I mean, there's a lot of times that I wish that we were located in Philly. Uh, I'm not a huge fan of the city, but like musically, they are fantastic. It's such a great city if you're a female artist. Like a lot Mm -hmm. of my favorite female fronted bands are from Philly and they have great venues and they are really doing great things. But I'm still really proud of this area, too. You know, I mean, Mm -hmm. I'm from D.C. originally. I'm not from here. Oh, okay. So, like, you know, I mean, like, it's it was it's way different, you know, D.C. and Pittsburgh, not at all the same, you know. Yeah. Uh, so I had a slightly different upbringing. But, you know, my introduction to punk was into Pittsburgh punk because my dad lived here. I, I'd come up and visit and I made some friends up here. And one friend in particular took me down to Ides. And nice. he just bought me all these punk comps and like different CDs of like local bands. He's like, now go listen to this. So, yeah, like, I mean, the one comp had like Osrotten and, um, you know, um, the addicts and stuff. And it, anyway, it's just real funny how things come full circle because I thought, you know, I, my favorite band on there, I think, was um, Wormhole. But I also really was into uh, Os Rotten, and I went a little, like, for somebody in D.C., I was, like, pretty, like, into that, like, Submachine and all these bands. And so I had something that the other kids in D.C. did not have access to, in a way. Mm -hmm. Um, And I, I thought that was really, like, it made me feel really good. You know, mm-hmm. but I, and then like, uh, somebody else had made me some tapes, um, with like blank 77 and all this. It's funny how it comes full circle because as, as cool as I thought Osrot was, you know, where they began is actually where we practice now. They started in Jim's basement, nice. which is our practice space. So we practice where they started and, so that's a thing. And then like Blank 77, Casualties, all these bands that were on the tapes, we played with them all now and like mm-hmm. are going to play with them again. And it's just like, it's cool how things can come full circle like that. You know, it took a lot of work on my part because I was in, you know, my parents were, um, I don't know what to call them. They were, they were big music fans. So it was always around. And they listen to really cool music stuff I like now, you know, and, um, you know, it was just I I ended up in rockabilly for a lot of my teenage years. And they always say rockabilly is retirement for punks. But actually, punk is my retirement from rockabilly. It's (laughs) a little different. (laughs) You know what? And it's you you touched on it. You said you're you're you're. Your parents listen to music, stuff that you would appreciate later on. Right. And I was the same way. Like my 
you know, it's funny, like I've, I spent all my life, you know, the majority of my life since I was 13 years old, identifying as a punk. Yeah. And being a wanting to, you know, wanting to be a part of it and, and, and kind of got uh, kind of got sucked into the world. Right. Um, but my favorite band of all time is a band my dad got me into, which is Pink Floyd. Oh, yeah. And that's the furthest thing you can get from punk rock. But, yeah, but you know, I mean, I I like to look at music in a really broad sense and place things like where, like, I don't always categorize things the way other people do. And it's, I don't think listening to Pink Floyd is a stretch. I just don't. I don't think it's a stretch at all. There were elements of punk to that. I mean, mm. whether it was, you know lyrically thematically just artistically like is it can all be the same yeah it, it, it's all the same animal you know exactly and that's the one thing i i think i spent so much time in my youth um almost creating subgenres to yeah. genres that already existed yes like oh you can't listen to emo you can't listen <laughs> to metal you can't listen to all this other stuff but at the same time, music like that always kind of interwove through what was going on anyways. Yeah. You know, I just wasn't catching it. And I used to joke with a friend, I said, I any emo that I like, I call power pop. <laughs> <laughs> I, I hear you. You know, but here's here's the thing, dude. You know what I say is if you li I say listen to everything. Listen to it all. <laughs>
we were, we were talking, we were talking about music and stuff. And, you know, I, I think also when you get, when you get older too, like you just, you like what you like. Right. And I don't think you try to, I don't think you try hard to like try to put on some kind of like facade that you don't no. dig shit. You know what I mean? Like, right. What, like one of my favorite, like shamelessly, I'll, I'll admit it. One of my favorite kinds of music or like my go-to sometimes is like sappy, like Chicago early '80s power ballads. Oh no, that's cool. <laughs> like, like I'm a sucker for like hard to say I'm sorry and shit like that. Yeah, no, my my one cat really likes that style of music. I have a playlist just for him of stuff like that. He's he's also a big Sheena Easton fan. Some of that oh, on there. Oh well, good. Yeah, she, you can't go wrong with Sheena. Yeah, no. you know. <laughs> I mean, my cats each have different tastes in music, so I have playlists for all of them if they're having a day that they need to perk up. So <laughs> my my cats are kind of lazy. They're not. They, they don't. They don't. They don't do much of anything. They don't. They don't. They don't get down with my music. Oh. <laughs> <I'm sorry. laughs> no, my. Now my kids, on the other hand, I'm I'm pretty lucky. I have I have one child that seems to be seems to be gravitating towards my music a little bit because Aww. like he's getting exposed to uh, punkier stuff by what's popular now, right? And which I'm not necessarily a fan of, mm -hmm. but at the same time, I'm like, listen, if this is how people get into right get into the genre like who am i to poo poo on something you know what i mean yeah like, no i'm 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 right there with you i i don't have a kid of my own so it's a little hard to relate but mm -hmm. um you know my uh my stepdaughter uh not legally or anything but mm -hmm. um jim's daughter is very freaking cool and i feel very lucky that she is that cool and has such great she has like better taste in music than i would say most people that i know but you know she was raised with good music and she's very open-minded now yeah. <clears throat> i also did take her to see kelly clarkson when she was a little kid <laughs> but you know what i i don't hate kelly clarkson i don't hate me it. either you know it's fun yeah like my like my 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 old, older son um he he got into uh queen like one of his favorite bands oh, is queen wow. and he got into it from a commercial oh whatever it takes right yeah like they were playing break free on a commercial oh and, yeah and he like who is this band and he came to me he's like who is this and we we're like dude that's freddie mercury let's sit down <laughs> like if you're down let's go right and he, and he took in everything and he discovers music that way like He's more into stuff like Imagine Dragons and 21 Pilots and that kind of stuff. Yeah. But he is gravitating towards towards my music, you yeah. know, just without even understanding it. Like, I, I've shown him bands like The Bomb Pops and, oh, like, yeah. Bad, Cop, Bad Cop, The Interrupters. Oh, um, yeah. You know, of course, early Green Day and stuff like that. So it's funneling into... I, I never wanted to push my music on my kids, but I wanted them to know that it was always around. Right, right. You know, and and it, it I was like, because I didn't want to do that. My my parents didn't push music on me. Yeah, it was just on. Right. I mean, same here. You know, I mean, my 
my dad was a stripper when I was little. And so, you know, music was part of his job, you know, picking his songs and practicing his act. What an and interesting, what, is, what, what an interesting tidbit. <laughs> it is. <laughs> um, so, yeah, he is. So like, you know, but like he pulled from everywhere for his act, you know, but he gravitated more towards like rockabilly and like kind of, kind of like um you know throwbacky kind of stuff he like you know he's a big frank sinatra dean martin fan too you know mm-hmm. but like in his act he would do like he would use like songs like they're coming to take me away huh like oh, songs so like that like kind of, he was a weird stripper up with it. <laughs> <laughs> that's, but that's actually where i get my name from like i have a different last name than my stage name because my last name is very complicated so I go by Daisy Valentine, and that was his name. He was Mr. Valentine was his stage name. Oh, that's cool. And my mom was real cool, too. She was, like, more of a new waver. You know, she had, like, the buzz cut dyed, like, purple and everything. And she liked, like, Clash and, like, you know, Adam and uh, Amy Bolton and, like, you know she had great taste in music she actually ended up after my parents divorced she ended up dating like the most popular alternative dj in dc for a while oh and wow i was always bummed that he w- didn't become my new daddy because he was so cool i used to like <laughs> you know i would i'd follow him around to his different gigs and stuff and like bother him you know but anyway <laughs> trying to soak up as much information as you could from him because you knew that he knew it always man so yeah yeah, that's that was what how my you know music was just it was nobody pushed anything on me like the first album i bought myself as a kid was uh guns and roses uh destruction on the same day i also bought a michael jackson album and the cats musical sound Nice. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> you know what? And I was, you know, here's the thing. I was, I was the same way growing up. Like, not only, like, I listened to, like, like you said, Appetite for Destruction. I had, I had, like, you know, uh, DJ Jazzy Jeff and the Fresh oh, Prince, yeah. and I'd have Poison, or, you right. know what I mean? Like, yes. I'm not a big, <laughs> I'm not a big hair metal fan. Poison's about as far as I know. Yeah, they're but, great. Yeah, like I, I have friends that are like in the Molly crew, and I'm like, I, I, I guess, but that that was kind of like right before me, right? Like I was, unfortunately, I was, I, I, unfortunately, unfortunately, I, I got into probably grunge was the first time I really went, oh, okay, like right. this is this is something that I, I kind of get, right? You know, I was yeah. ten years old when Nirvana broke, and it was just like. <laughs> holy holy fuck dude like right. this is not this is not my parents music or this right. isn't my i don't yeah. know and it was very and then of course for nirvana punk eventually like kicked down the door and and got attention like that yeah mm-hmm. i mean i'm trying to think you know i think the first album that well i think appetite for destruction was the first album that i bought that was like so me and like i got that when i was in i want to say i was in fourth grade and by fifth grade i had become like 
a full-blown Axl Rose imitator as a kid. Like, <laughs> I dressed like Axl. I knew all his moves. I knew the songs. And I was actually on MTV doing oh. a karaoke video. Or not karaoke. It was different. I, I had a, they showed a clip of me uh, on the news of doing my Axl Rose. Oh, no shit. That's so little, cool. I mean, I was little, like, little, little. But, was, yeah. that, was that in D.C.? That was actually up here. Back then, like, that year, MTV did a thing called the Museum of Unnatural History Tour, which was kind of like if Rock Hall did a uh, tour, so to speak. Yeah. And it was, like, in the middle of the mall. They went to malls all across America doing this. And they had this little thing set up where they would play, like, a song. And they'd have, like, the crazy backgrounds like they did back then in, like, the 80s. And you'd do your thing. And they'd videotape it and give you a videotape. But they kept one of mine. Because they thought it was so cute. A little tiny girl that looks exactly like Axl Rose. I did. I, I mean, I was... I was just a little mini him when I was in fourth grade. And then oh, I moved wow. to DC and I was trying to still do that look. And those kids were not having it. They no. made, I got so bullied once I moved to DC. <laughs> oh, wow. <laughs> yeah. yeah, they were not <laughs> having it. I mean, DC was all go music and stuff like that. I mean, I loved, but like I was like a trash queen already at age nine <laughs> <laughs> now you mentioned you mentioned gogo were were you at all into that kind of stuff or oh yeah yeah i still at- listen to gogo music i still follow those bands and you know download their music and all that i mean i am huge into rhythm and drums drums are my favorite they really truly are i i love drums be, before guitar and you know my I youngest mean, is learning how to play drums oh really yeah like he uh he he met uh uh i i promoted a show in youngstown uh like a month ago and um one of the bands that played it was a band from meadville called one if by land oh cool and um the i, I was looking for my my, my two sons were gone and i'm like i looked at my wife and i'm like hey where are, where are the boys at and then she's like i don't know they're running around and i go look for them and i hear somebody banging on the drums the drummer from one if by land my both my boys were hanging out with him talking to him about their, his drum set oh and my youngest was like banging on the stuff and like was like all about the drums that's so awesome. You know, he was, he was, he told me all night, he's like, I want to play drums. I want to play drums. And then, so at the end of the night, my, another one of my buddies who plays in a band called Letters, um, he handed my son a, a drumstick and was like, here, you're halfway there. Like and that. Like, like, so like now my, now my youngest is going like ape shit for wanting to play the drums and shit. <laughs> That's awesome. And he'll all be, he'll always be in demand if he's a drummer. You know? That's what I told him. I said, dude you'll be in five bands in no time. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. I'm I'm like I fun fact, I once sat down and started grouping the guys that I've dated throughout my life and like very clearly 
almost like most of them have been drummers. Terror, horror, death. Film at 11. influence on me because see it wasn't just go, like seeing go-go bands and listening to the music like literally like you walk into a dc classroom and those kids are banging out rhythms on their desk with their hands and it is just it's always it's always been a thing that like hit me hard are so good mm-hmm. yeah i'm a huge go-go fan and you know what and the one thing i learned too about dc is obviously i'm not from dc but i've watched enough documentaries that um especially salad days oh yeah uh, yeah <laughs> uh, they talk about they talk extensively about go-go oh yeah and you know the one thing i've learned from ian and from other people from that scene is they were all they all went to very urban schools. Yeah. It was very much the the, the white children were the minority in yeah. their schools. It was a very urban area. There was no distinct districts. Like mm. if your parent was a was worked for the government, yeah. It didn't matter. Like you all were in like you all grew up in the same places. You know, whether you were in Georgetown or wherever you were. But so these so everybody was getting experience, getting uh, getting influenced by what was going on in the scene, whether it was Absolutely. the punk rock or the go-go scene yep. or, or whatever. It was all intertwined. It was. It's and that's great. the one thing. I love the DC scene because of how mixed their bills were. Yeah. Oh, yeah, definitely. I think my... I'm, I'm not as huge of a minor threat or, like, Bad Brains fan as I think a lot of people in punk are. Mm-hmm. Um, they like they they never. I always kind of thought that stuff was a little 
Um, it just wasn't my taste. I, I really don't care for HR's vocals at all. And, um, mm. you know, Minor Threat, they were just such a boys club. See, I like, I, I do like hardcore music, but I was more, I'm definitely more into the New York scene because of how feminist it was. Like, yeah. they were inclusive of women. D.C., not at all inclusive of women. Yeah, like, I mean, you think of how many women were a part of that scene. It was yeah. what you can think of. You know the 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 one you know the girl from Jawbox, and then you're sitting there for a minute trying to think of another one. You know, right? What I mean? Yeah, I mean, DC was not friendly to women at all. It just really wasn't. It was such a boys' club as far as the punk rock goes. But like, you know, like DC, my my favorite DC band was uh, Black Market Baby, and nice. I feel unbelievably lucky to call Boyd a friend of mine. You That's know? awesome. Um, but like, yeah, Black Market Baby was like great. And there was a band down there called Tommy and Love Tribe that like really included me as a kid, sneaking me backstage into shows like under gates and back through back doors and everything. And, you know, like they were a huge influence on me. I mean, they really were the ones that introduced me to glam rock. And like oh, you know, okay. Dead Boy style punk, and mm. um, you know, huge. I'm still a huge fan of theirs. I would love to cover one of their songs one day. That's awesome. Yeah. I used to, uh, I used to play in a band. Um, we were called the Reversitals. Reversitals. Yes, the opposite of being versatile. <laughs> I thought it was. The, I, I came up with That's it because I watched. I watched an interview with uh, Quentin Tarantino, mm-hmm. and he was like, "You know how Quentin Tarantino can be kind of a little bit pretentious, right?" Yes, yes. Um, and he was like, <laughs> "I was trying to be so versatile and all this." And I was at the time, I was, I might have been a little high or something, but mm-hmm. uh, I looked at the screen and I went, "What? What versatile?" Like, I started making fun of it, and I was like, "I want to be the opposite of versatile." Like, what's that? the reverse of <laughs> versatile? And I came with the name. Great name. Nobody fucking remembers the name of the Aww. band. <laughs> and people are awful. You know what really the... pisses me off is when people spell our name homocides. Like as if it's some kind of gay bashing thing, which is not us. Or Oh my god, I, why would people even do that? Because people are assholes, that's why. You know? Oh, like, I mean, you guys already spell your name differently. Like, how much do you have to change the name? Right. I mean, that's annoying. <laughs> I, 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 I regret doing that. But, like, the reason, I mean, we were named after, I named us after the, uh, you know, the movie The Warriors? Yeah. Yeah. Well, the gang that the, war- the, the gang that the gang The Warriors was based on was they were called the homicides. So that's a real gang. Mm-hmm. And um, I was looking, when I looked it up on Wikipedia to see it, what that was, you know, um, they had spelled spell it, but that's uh, not how you spell it. It's homicides, like a normal C. Oh, but, okay. but like when it was on Wikipedia, it was spelled the other way. And I got a little confused, but we just went with it because, like, you know, they were what we liked about the gang itself was that they were a from Coney Island, which is 
uh, really freaking cool place to be. Mm-hmm. And then also, um, they were like a mixed race gang. Like they were like not like exclusive to one color. They didn't like, you know, like no color creed bullshit. On anyone, you know. Yeah, which is which is how we. That's how we want to see the scene, anyways. Oh yeah, you yeah. Know? And I always, I, I, I looked at your name, and when I first saw it, I was like, "Oh, that's cool." Like homicides, like pick a side, <laughs> right? Like and the, the point I was trying to make with 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 the name with the the band I was in is, at the time, two of my members were really getting big into street punk and like seventy steps and style punk. Oh yeah. Um, like my my best friend and my and one of my best friends um sam he lives up in cleveland but he's from this area um he got into a lot of like the 77 stuff and my and my brother-in-law uh one of his favorite bands is Coxbar. oh that's one of my favorites too yeah like he loves Coxbar <laughs> and the uh the the partisans and oh yeah uh, the rejects yeah and all that stuff that is like right up my alley yeah, like he's, <laughs> uh, but they were in a Chris and Sam. They were in a band together called later on called Dead City Dealers. Oh, cool. And um, yeah, I don't know if you ever. I don't know if you if you ever heard of them. They play. They played with the Cheats uh, quite oh, a few times. Oh, well, then that would be why. Yeah. Yeah, but um, yeah, they 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 were very much into the, into the oi and the street punk and oh, stuff like that. Yeah. I... But when when we were in that band together, we were starting to in we were starting to delve into that kind of music. Yeah, I never was big into that kind of music because I wasn't exposed to it. You know, I, I knew the Casualties, I knew the Unseen, I I knew all these bands, right? But like, I'd never gravitated towards it, which is funny because I used to go to like anti-flag shows when I was like sixteen years old. Oh yeah, but like the new works, but like I'd never kind of crossed over into my world, right? Um, so like I was starting to get influenced by that. And like the one thing I kind of gravitated towards your band is the fact that you guys were drawing from that. Oh yeah. Yeah. We, I mean, this new album, uh, it's still that, but it's a lot more things too. Um, I, you know, this song and this album you know, I, I would boast that the songwriting is a lot better than our previous stuff. Um, I don't know if it's a lot better, but it's it feels m- more correct to me, I guess, because I did like the most songwriting. Well, I think I did all the songwriting on here, or at least the idea and the lyrical content. And it just feels very me, you know. So I'm more comfortable with the material. Um, so there's, I mean, our influence are pretty varied, I would say, in general. I mean, we definitely are more akin to early punk than anything else. But yeah. it's definitely a more very like, you'll hear on this album, like, the glam rock influence and the uh, rockabilly influence and everything. But it's not all just one thing it's 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 so cohesive in that it sounds very early punk which is kind of how we've always been you know, you know we don't we're not a big we don't listen to a lot of like no effects or anything i mean that's that's cool but like we don't that's not really where our songwriting comes from no uh, you're coming from a different place yeah yeah but like even even when you go back and like you guys put out 
make you dead back in yeah. 2018. Yeah. I noticed the surf and the rockabilly stuff like on like must bleed TV. Yeah. Um, that was very apparent early on <laughs> that you guys were influenced by that. Oh yeah. And you and you and you also get the garage and oh, you get yeah. the hardcore influence. You get the oh yeah. You know, you get all these different things which when you listen to multiple styles of music and having a a, a I mean your band has members who have played in very diverse bands. Oh I yeah. Mean, you, I mean, you're looking at bands like Lost Rotten and the Cheats and the, the Rowdy Bovines. You got yeah. Highway 13. You got Pucker. You got all these different yeah. bands, and and which I I thought was so cool when I learned that because I I knew who Highway 13 was and Trailer Trash and um of course the Cheats and the Wreckers and Lost Rotten, and it was cool because they're not all the same type of bands. They're oh, all no, not different all. sounding. Not at all. I mean, and everybody in this band are hardcore music listeners. Like, we listen to all kinds of things. Like, Nick, or you know, he'll, like, when I buy, like, we do a thing called Homicide's Christmas. We're just buying cool gifts for each other, you know? Mm -hmm. It's, like, super fun because, like, we're getting the gifts that our family isn't getting us. So, like, I'll buy Nick, like, ministry albums, and then I can buy Troy like Cox Bar or 69 or something, Jim, get him a social distortion album, um, you know, and then I'll get like Buster Poindexter. It's like, it's great, you know? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. We, we are very diverse and they've been very diverse, but we're just hardcore music fans, you know, and which is part of why we get along so well and have had trouble finding fits for like bass players in, in the past is just mm -hmm. that we just need more music than the people that have wanted to join up with us. Not that they were bad, but you know. You wanted the diversity within the members. You Absolutely. wanted to keep that going. I want them to know a little bit of everything and they do and I'm lucky. You know. And do you think that makes it easier when you guys are writing stuff that oh, you could draw influences from 100%, wherever? Hundred percent, you know, like because I'm a weirdo, and um, like aren't I we can, all? <laughs> I can point to two songs on this album that I wrote as country songs, but they're punk songs now, you know. Yeah. Well, the first rock and roll was a lot of that early country. Oh yeah. He's a huge that, influence on me, you know? Same here, yeah. So, I mean, it's everything, though. Like, you can hear where a glam rock song or a, like, proto-punk style song, you know, like, you know, I mean, it's it's just very diverse. I mean, and really what, I, what I'm bringing to this album, mainly influence-wise, is the influence of Bobby Lamondi from the science fiction idols. Um, this album was very, very inspired by him because I study. He he was one of the best songwriters I ever knew of, and I was also friends with him. And I studied him and how he did things. I broke down his songs and figured out what exactly he was doing that was the right thing to do, like what was making these songs so great, and. 
I didn't copy him because I can't copy him because he was an original. But I looked at what he did to make the songs good. And I tried to do that. Mm. So it's very uh, songwriting influenced uh, stuff. like it too that you guys are like that and also lyrically you guys you guys don't stay in one lane when it comes to lyrics either like you're, <laughs> you know all. you guys you, I mean, you guys you know not not hugely political but you do have political songs um you have songs uh, you know cult movies and serial killers and you know all these different topics you know Mm-hmm. Like the one song that stands out to me is probably one of my probably my favorite song off of Eleven is "Snuff Me Out." Oh, like I love that fucking song because it's 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 thank different. You. Like it's 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 I don't know. I I find I love female vocalists first off. Oh well, thank you. That's yeah, like good. my 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 one of my favorite female vocalists of all time is like Stevie Nicks. Oh yeah, she's great. Yeah. Stevie Nicks and um, there was a singer in the '90s called Juliana Hatfield. Oh um, yeah, I remember her. Yeah, yeah, I'm like like I'm like in love with her, um, <laughs> but her her voice particularly. But you know, mm-hmm. um, but like I find it awesome when women tackle topics that most women wouldn't. Oh yeah, like like I feel like when a guy does it, it's it's kind of like. Ugh. But yeah. when a woman does it, it's like, yeah, that's fucking rad, dude. You know, like, that's <laughs> cool. Yeah, and I'm I not... liked. I just like that song a lot. I, I it really Aww. stuck out to me because Thank I you. think it was just, it was just topically, it was just different. Well, yeah, 
you know, I think a lot of, you know, it, it's difficult because he, you know, as a female front man, uh, you know, you're kind of expected to be this one type of feminist. Mm -hmm. And uh, I'm a huge feminist, but like in a different way, like I identify as a submissive and uh, play that way. But like you can't be that on stage. So I just approach it how the only way I know how. And like, I know you're just like, it's sometimes okay for a guy to do that. And like, mm -hmm. you know, topping uh, a, a dude is different like you know yeah. a lot of women write that but that's not really my deal like this next album it has a song on it called uh what song is that it's called black eyed and it's about like the re like the actual like i like the act like going through the emotions of being a sex worker and stuff mm, you know yeah so now, yeah topically like my feminist side is not really what people want a feminist to be and i really don't give a fuck i really now, don't because do i think, am who i am now do you think like i i, I love that if i but i think i wanted to ask you do you feel do you feel that because you are a submissive type person in that way, when you play on stage, because you're a woman in, in, in punk that you have to make yourself more assertive yes. just to be, yes. just to be like taken seriously. Yes. A hundred percent. Like I don't really let myself be a girl with the band. Like I really don't like, I have to be a guy and I have to be a strong guy. And that's, a uh, whole hundred percent mind shift and it's extremely difficult and it causes me all kinds of like problems within my brain mm -hmm. <clears throat> but um you know it's um yeah i mean i'm always walking some kind of line with everything and it gets frustrating and it's just hard to be taken seriously as a female period but, like, I'm out to prove that I can hang with the big boys. Like, I mean, I don't know. I mean, we played with the Crow Mags and bands like that, and I thought everything was fine. I mean, mm -hmm. I, you know, I, I like, you know, I can relate to them, too. I just have a problem relating to, I, I do have a problem relating to other females because, they put they actually put a lot more expectations on me than one would think they you want know? you to be almost like their sounding board in a way right they want you but, to be their your their spokesperson right but look, i can't always be that because my mind is not their mind and it that's hard that's really hard because you don't want to let them down you know you want to be a leader amongst other females but like, I just don't always, my brain just doesn't always jive with them. That's all. I mean, we don't get to do a lot of occasion themed shows. Mm -hmm. We did a, we did have a, a bridal party, a bachelorette party at one of our shows. Oh, that's cool. Yeah, that was, it was really fun. It, those girls had a good time. I mean, there was some kind of altercation that resulted from them being there. But, 
that's a bachelorette party problem. Yeah, like there's always <laughs> that one. There's always that one person that just goes yeah. into a, like woohoo movement. Yeah, like, where they just get out of control, kind of a thing, because they probably don't do that kind of thing normally. I don't. I don't know. I don't think so. You know, I think that they were just being. They may have like annoyed somebody at the show or something. Uh, I don't know. I I didn't like flat out see it. You know what I mean? Yeah. I just know that it happened and it was kind of crazy there for a minute. But you know that happens. I mean, we've been pretty lucky. We generally have a pretty like stable, mentally stable crowd to an extent. Like not like a lot of fighting at our show or anything, which is nice. Yeah, that's really good. I've I've. And the one thing that I've been kind of doing too is I've been trying to do, um, I found a venue in Youngstown um, and it's called, it's called the Wickyards and it's an old funeral home. That sounds awesome. And that's like what, when I contacted you, what was it like maybe like two weeks ago? Cause I was going to ask what you, what you had going on. I think it was like, well, Oh, Valentine's day. I was going to try to do a Valentine's day show. Well, I couldn't get the venue because they're like booked through April. Oh shit! But I like it because it's it's all ages, but Ooh, you can be yeah. you can bring your own beer. Yeah, that's you, that's like you that place have... we have here in Greensburg, the Green Beacon Gallery that we've been playing a lot. It's like yeah, all yeah. ages, bring your own beer, you know, and it's a cool cool atmosphere. So it's like yes, it scores on all those points. So yeah, we hundred percent want to do that. We love that yeah. kind of show. Yeah, and that's one thing that I've been I've been trying to push a lot lately is is you can only play so many bars. Yeah. You know, when it yeah. becomes like I'd like to be able to have I like to be able to do shows that I could have my kids be a part of. Yeah, absolutely. You know, and I would like, you know, other people to bring their kids to and experience that. Like my kids had a blast, you know, when I did the when I did the Gat when I did the Gatlin C D release party. Yeah. Um, which was I mean it it, it, turnout wasn't the greatest but everybody bought merchandise everybody oh yeah kids buy merchandise yeah that's a big people buy drinks kids Mm -hmm. buy merchandise yeah when you when you don't have the option to buy buy alcohol then you you buy merch right like that like that i mean they'll (laughs) buy your cds they'll buy your shirts or whatever craziness we've been uh back and forth i kind of I think we, I would really like to start selling meat sticks. <laughs> like, okay. <laughs> like cured meats with our merchandise. Well, would they be homosticks? sticks? <laughs> <laughs> I wonder, I wonder if I could get this company to print a special one for us, like a ghost pepper, like <laughs> a you know ghost what you pepper do? You know what you do? You know what you do? Hmm. Just take the original wrap, like like go like go to the store and get like a bunch of like generic like beef sticks, yeah, and then go contact a company and have them do like a label and just put the label <laughs> over top of it. I would love that. I would just just, just just go sell them for like fifty cents a piece or whatever. Right. Yeah. <laughs> I love I love cured meat, so you know. So do I. I mean, I think we all do. We kind of <laughs> we do a lot of snacking on cured meats in the basement there. I feel like when you, get, when you get older, the two things I always go to is like, I, I like a good, like, like a good, like pistachio nut. Yeah. Yeah. And like cured meats. <laughs> yes. I'm, I'm with it's, you. I bought them for people for Christmas. All the dads got that. <laughs> it's, you can't beat it. No, no you can't. <laughs> 
<laughs> be, so, be for- yeah, <laughs> I mean, I, yeah, I can honestly say we would definitely be into playing that venue. That sounds right up our alley of things we like to do. So, yeah, like, yeah, I, I like, I, I like that, like, the comp and, and the podcast has kind of opened up a lot of doors. Oh, yeah. For me taking a chance. Like I, I, I said uh, earlier, um, when I started the podcast, I had just turned 40. Oh, and wow. when I, there was like a light switch when I turned 40, it's like, oh. I thought about doing all these things and then it happened. And I was like, so I, so I did the podcast and then I came up with the idea of doing the label. And then I started promoting these bands and started doing all these things. Like I'm wearing like 15 hats. Oh yeah. That's how but it it's happens, like, man. It's fun. It is. You know, I mean, my, my goal for this year is to start two side businesses because ultimately, I mean, when it comes down to it, dude, I, I'm not a good coworker. I, I don't get along with people mm-hmm. and I just need to be doing my own thing. So I want to start DJing again this year. It's been a while, but I think I need to do this for myself. And I also want to start my own um, t-shirt line. Not like, like I'm a, I'm a, I'm kind of a connoisseur of t-shirts. Like I know like different materials fits everything i know it feels good on mm-hmm. i know how to lay out the print so it is flattering I, I would really like to start a label of upscale cool t-shirts at some point but i don't know where all this money's coming from is the thing <laughs> no what in that in that and that's the thing when i when i when i started the label um, when I played in bands, I had, we had our, we had like our own label. Like we just put out our stuff on. Yeah. Um, and like, I always had the idea of starting the label and I'm like, I looked at my wife and I go, I want to, I think I want to put out CDs. Yeah. And she's like, so fucking do it. And I'm like, but do we have the money? And she goes, yeah, dude. Like we have <laughs> nice. money in the bank, like here, like how much do you think you'll need? And we, when we did the compilation, we realized that we found a great duplicator. Yeah. Um, and you know what? I looked in the vinyl. I was like, I can't <laughs> do vinyl. There's no fucking way. Yeah. Dude, I was getting priced like thirty dollars for yeah. to press ten inch vinyl. Yeah, it's crazy. And I'm like, I'm like, there's no way. There's no way I can press vinyl right now. Yeah, it's it's hard, man. We have that. Well, the song that. Uh, I guess you're going to play for this podcast, Beat My Guest Senseless. That mm-hmm. is from an upcoming comp from Kazulu Productions. Okay. Um, with, and that has the cheats and money. Yeah, so this comp has like a lot of really great bands. And what we were doing was there were strange parameters to the comp. Okay, first of all, the song's a mashup. And had to be a punk two punk songs between that were all made between 1975 and 1985 and one has to be foreign one must be domestic so yeah that was like crazy parameters but we picked the Adam song be my guest and matched it up with beat me senseless by the circle jerks nice and anyway but it's going to be pressed on 
vinyl. Now, it was supposed to come out right here at the beginning of January, but there was a problem at the plant because everybody's backed up. And so now we got to wait a couple more months, but that will be a CD release or a record release for that when oh, that nice. comes out. And yeah, let me know that I'll, I'll have to pick up a copy of that. Oh, yeah. I mean, it's it's really solid. Um I'm trying to think. I I know that she's used the return of Jackie and Judy, but um, I think they met, mashed it up with the Sex Pistols song, is what I recall. Oh, and, okay. And I remember liking that track a lot. Actually, the show was supposed to be, I think, this weekend. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, we. I mean, if we don't have the actual album in hand, there's no, it's not right to, like, do a record release without the album in hand when people might want to buy it. You know what I mean? Yeah, exactly. Exactly. But still really looking forward to it because it's it's a project I really, like, loved doing. And I think everything else on it is really cool. And like Paul from Katsula, he's he's just a real doll baby to work with. I mean, just so easy and kind, and I love that about him. Oh, but that's like, awesome. and just like so into helping out the locals. And I mean, how could I? How can I say no? You know? <laughs> oh yeah, absolutely. But I have that's to cool. give most of the credit on that track to my guitarist. 
because it was I had the I had the idea, but I didn't know how to make it work. It just seemed like it would work. Mm-hmm. And then I gave it to my guitarist and he just like intuitively knew how to do it. And I was like so happy. Like he made it come together so quick. It was great. Oh, awesome. I'm glad to hear like I'm I'm glad to hear that's gonna come out. Yeah, because when I started the label too, I was like I can't do vinyl, but CDs. Who doesn't love a good CD, right? Well, yeah. I mean, I would say mostly I listen digitally to things. Even if I get them on CD, I just put them then into the computer and then upload it to my phone because it's just easier. I'm, I have, like, short attention span. So, like, I flip through songs and genres like nobody's business. Like, I, yeah. like, lose interest in the song, like, a quarter of the way into it so like when i get an album that i can listen to all the way through without skipping things oh my god that just like means the world to me i love an album like that and you know um do you know are you familiar with the crooked cobras oh yeah yeah of course yeah like i one of the things i love best about them is i don't have to skip tracks with them mm-hmm. and you know that one album that they put out that I think everybody's familiar with. I mean, it's just so easy. It's such an easy listen. I yeah. mean, that's great. <laughs> don't make mm. don't make me work for my music. You know, <laughs> and just you know make what? every song perfect, and I'll be happy. You know, exactly. And I <laughs> and I think too is like what's really cool too is the way music is now. If you buy a CD or a record, it comes with a digital download code. Yeah. So like you know that's one thing we tried to get. Okay, if right. you're not interested. Here's the other option. But if you do, we'll hear, we'll reward you with something extra. You know what I right. mean? Here, take this and have, you know, if you don't want to, if you don't want to open your CD and keep it as a gift sake or whatever. Right. There you go. You can still have access to the music. Here you go. Like that. I mean, yeah. you know, I love my vinyl nerds. I worked in a record store for a long time and I collect records and everybody else in my band does too. And mm-hmm. so um, do I. You know, so I love my vinyl nerds, but I mean, as much as I love that, like I said, I just have a short attention span. I don't always want to get up to flip a record. So it's good to have that digital download code for when I'm lazy. Yeah. Like when I'm, <laughs> when I'm like when I want to bust out the record player and put the record, like I'll do it. But most of the time I'm, I'm either listening to music in my car or, yeah. you know. What's that, dude? And I don't have it. a and, and I don't have a fucking album player in my car, so you know? right. No, I'm, I'm with you. I mean, I right now I'm record playerless. I'm living in my mom's basement and do not have a record player. And I'm like, sometimes it just really makes me crazy. But you know, I, I'm making do with what I got. I, you I know, what I have one of those briefcase ones you get from Walmart. Yeah. I, I'm just reluctant on those because I I feel like they tend to not be good for the records themselves, like in the long run. Um, And like, I'm a repeat listener. Like, I'm going to take my Cox Bar record and I'm going to play the hell out of it multiple times. And if that that record player screws something up on it, I will never forget myself. Yeah, like so, I've been lucky. I haven't noticed anything like that. Plus, yeah. I don't, like I said, I'm I don't play my records a lot. 
I, I think maybe if you played your records constantly, it could do something like that. Yeah. But I don't, I don't, I don't play my records like that. I'll play it one time, maybe every couple months I'll put a record on or whatever, right. but I don't go crazy with it. Yeah. Uh, because I, I don't I get, want my shit fucked up either. Yeah. I need something that's like good for somebody who gets really drunk and starts <laughs> playing records, you know? I mean, like, like I try to keep, I try to keep order in that basement <laughs> in our practice room where all, they're all stored. I do, mm-hmm. but you know, the fact of the matter is, is we drink and then there's records everywhere. And yep. some records have cat puke on them and some records have people puke on them, maybe some pee, you know. <laughs> it <I> happens. Mean, <laughs> it's it's a dangerous area. Gloves required. I've party enough in Pittsburgh. I know how it goes. <laughs> <laughs> when, when, when we got disconnected earlier, I peed on the garage floor. I mean, like... You know, I mean, yes, I use toilets and toilet paper and stuff and wash my hands like a normal person most of the time. But sometimes, you know, out here in rock and roll land, you pee on the floor. That's all. Listen, my wife got herself a shiwi so she could fucking piss outside when she goes Good idea. I keep thinking that would be a great idea because when we're on the road, it's, um, I have to pee all the time. My, my bladder is weak and stupid and I just, I got to pee all the time. And you just can't whip it out like the guys do, right? Like... No, there's squatting and maybe tight pants involved. We had an incident um, this summer. We were playing an outdoor show in a, like, basically, like, the biggest rainstorm of the summer. Oh, wow. And, like, before like before we got to the venue, I, I mean, I had to pee. It was, like, there was no option. I, I had to pee. So we tried a couple different. Uh, fast food places and both of them had the dining because COVID yeah. and so then um, you know but like so I'm like walking around the rain trying to get into these places I was soaked and then <laughs> we got near the venue and I just couldn't wait anymore so they pulled over to the side and I had to like squat and in front of them and it was a humiliating experience and by the time we got to the show my hair was soaked and oh, I, no. I think you know mostly people in my private life they know that me with wet hair can end up disastrous I have like ultra curly frizzy hair and so does we my don't wife. want days wet hair yeah <laughs> my yeah. wife is the same exact way yeah, but my pants were like this, like fake leather kind of look, and mm-hmm. I could not get them up, down, sideways. I mean, I was like walking around with my ass out half that show because oh, I no. tried to pee and my skin would be wet and those things would stick and it, oh, it was bad. Oh, that bad. sounds horrible. Yeah, well, the show was fun. I mean, that's I was, all that matters, right? <laughs> oh yeah, I mean, we got to play with a lot of my favorite bands that day. So, oh, that's cool. You know, I always love that. I love when we get to play with all the fun bands. You know. Mm-hmm. Now, uh, one thing I want to ask you before I let you go sure, sure. Um, is, you know, not only the future, but in the scene in general. Like, how how do you look at the current scene and like what's going on locally? Like, mm-hmm. how do you guys think you fit into what's going on and? <laughs> Really? You don't? No, we don't fit in at all. We're like misfits. I think people, like, they don't know what to say about us. Like, we don't really fit anybody's mold of what 
is going on. So, you know, I mean, I think at a certain point, we just like decide to say, fuck it. And we're mm-hmm. our thing. And like, if people like people will like it, it's, you know, they, they're usually the weirdos. The weirdos are the ones that like us. And I'm totally okay with that. Yeah. I like that. I like that your your tagline on on the on the Bandcamp site says oh. "punk rock made for freaks by creeps." Pretty much, pretty much. That That's... made that made me laugh. Like I legit <laughs> read that and I just I I laughed. Like I thought it was the funniest shit. That's that was a line from Nick. Nick does some of the uh, writing and stuff here for like publicity and yeah, that mm. was all him. But I mean, I don't know how else to describe it. You know. I really but, don't. I mean, you know, like I said, we're, we are, we're misfits, all of us. That's why we get along so well. That's why I love these guys. Like we're, we're, none of us are right. None of us are right in the head. My, my guitar was actually born with a tail. Like that's not just a super sucker song. Like he literally had a tail. Oh so, my God. Yeah. Like that's, I mean, that's the kind of people we are. <laughs> You know, but the thing that the thing that I like about the reason I asked is because I always look at the Pittsburgh scene as being very odd anyways. You know, um, there's a lot of different diverse groups. I mean, we talked earlier about bands like the Cheats and Sub Machine and but then there were weird bands like Kim Fuck and then there was bands like One of my favorites. um, I love Kim Fuck. And so do I. Like not enough people know about that fucking band. It makes me fucking so mad. One of the best. Yeah, uh, um, but we, you know, we're kind of known for having more. We're kind of known for having the the crustier kind of oh, yeah. street Definitely. scene. But then we had weird, weird art bands and shit like Girl Talk. You yeah. know what I mean? Like, um, I never kind of looked at Pittsburgh as having one specific thing. So no, the that's I why we how you never fit it, get so on the weird. map really is because we have just a little of everything, you know? And nobody can like point to Pittsburgh and be like, oh, well, they're a hub for this kind of music or they're a hub for that kind of music. We, we have all of it, you know, and there's great bands in all of it, you know, I mean, and then there's the bands that just don't fit anybody's labels of anything like Garage League who are excellent, but like, I don't know what to call them. They're just really mm-hmm. good. You know, they're punk. They're just, they're a weird punk band. Just like we're a weird punk band. I don't know. I Listen, mean, I got into I got into early stuff like when I first got into Pittsburgh bands, like the bad jeans. Oh yeah. <laughs> you know, like what would you classify them? Like right. <laughs> Sometimes things are just punk and they're mm-hmm. not like a thing, but they're just punk and they're or they're you know, I like to think of things more more than just punk. I like to think of things in terms of rock and roll, and I don't care if that's a dated term. I love rock and roll. And mm-hmm. if it has the rock and the roll and some swag, I'm usually like right there with it. It's like, you know, swag goes a long way with me.
I would say as far as the homicides and, you know, our fit into the scene, I think our fit is really more based on personality than on music. Because we, we like playing with anybody. Like our next show is with 6B Kill and uh, Iron Brigade and our friends from West Virginia, Black Hole Zion. And it's just like, you know, there's no like type of music there. We're all doing some kind of, you know, underground thing, but we're all different. And I like a good attitude, man. I like people who are nice to us. I like people who don't shit on us when we play with them or, you know what I mean? It's more, like, it's more about that for us. Like, mm-hmm. are you like cool? Are you nice? That's more important to me. Because and, at the end of the day, we all need to try to get along. And, uh, yeah. Yeah, like, I see some of the bands that you play with, too, like Crooked Cobras. Uh, oh, yeah. City Escape Artists. Yeah, those uh, two are, like, our best friend bands. Mm-hmm. Like, they're great. They're, they're great guys. Yeah. Like, that's what I mean. Like, the attitude goes along with me. Like, we don't exactly fit together. We don't not fit together on a bill. And, uh, but like, I love being around them and I love watching their sets because they're so good, both bands. Mm-hmm. That new City Escape Artist album blows my mind. It yes, is so good. It's fucking so good. It's probably like <laughs> on my list for like favorites of the year. Oh, yeah. Yeah. yeah but, um, they're great. When, when I when I started, when I came with the idea of doing the label, the, the tagline that I was using was punk rock undefined. Yes. If good. I, if I, thank you, if, if, if I like a band, like I like the thing I like about labels that have come and gone, not, not so much. There's like there's labels that are exclusive to one thing, mm-hmm. but there's I remember growing up, labels had a little bit of everything. Like I used Epitaph as an example, or like oh, yeah. Lookout Records as an Epitaph example. Yeah, you had bands like The Offspring and No Effects, right. but then you had bands like International Noise Conspiracy, right. And like they're or like Randy or like uh, uh, what was the one fucking band? They were so fun. Oh, the Beatsteaks out of Germany. Oh yeah. Like they were they were all different sounding bands, and and I was like basically like I will put out anything that I like. Right. It has like, to be likable. Yeah. Stand people listening to unlikable music just to prove a point. Like, oh, I'm so out there. My music you would never understand i don't not that dude no not for me make it likable why would you make it unlikable unlistenable why would you do that don't do it if you're gonna do that like i don't see the point don't i don't call it music i don't even acknowledge it me and me yeah me and my me and my best friend sam we do another podcast called zennial files Uh and uh we did an episode of songs that we hate from the 90s Oh. <laughs> and one of my picks was it was a cover of a of a Donovan song. Oh no. It's Hurdy Gurdy Man. Oh. Uh oh. I who did that? I, I talked about the Butthole Surfers cover of it. <laughs> I hate that fucking song because I, I told Sam I was like, what the fuck? Were they trying to say with this song? <laughs> right. I, I, I'll be honest with you. I, I really don't like Donovan. I really don't. Me neither. Like Me neither. Period. <laughs> I mean, like, and I do love the butthole surfers, but no, no, thank you. 
No, I'd listen to, there was nothing like I put, I, I we played like snippets of the songs oh, okay. and even listening back to the snippet of the song, I got like heebie-jeebies. Like I was like, <laughs> I don't fucking like this. Dude, this doesn't make me feel anything. <laughs> like that. Like I said, I mean, I have a real problem with Charlie Checker and I have a real problem with uh, Paul, uh, not Paul Anka. Um, anyway. Okay, but Chubby Checker is one I have the biggest problem with. Like, if I hear the twist, I, like, want to punch something, like, so bad. Oh, really? I do. I I actually was, like, on a mission. I, I actually considered stabbing Chubby Checker in the throat because we were in the same town, and he was playing a little outdoor show to, at a park. And I thought, this is my chance. I could get close enough. I could stab him. I could slash his throat and make it impossible for him to ever sing that again wow that's a lot of disdain <laughs> i do you know because it wasn't his song it was hank ballard yeah and i love hank ballard and he stole that and like people give him so much credit another one i picked too was uh lemon by you too it, the way he sings, oh, it's it's atrocious. If you don't know it, don't. You're not missing. I'm, I'm not gonna look it up. <laughs> he sings like his 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 meets in a grinder, oh. and it's just awful. Oh. It's it's no. awful. No, yeah, like I, there's not much I don't like from the '90s, but like my list was just very much. It's like things just aren't pleasing to my ear. Oh, I have a long list from the '90s. I I was not fond of '90s music. And that sucks because that was my high school time, my middle school and high school time. Mine too, yeah. And when I look back on that music, I am like horrified. I'm like, why are people like, what? what is that song about something about Chinese chicken? Oh, one week. We talked about that song. Too. <laughs> I mean, literally that causes rage in me, like blind, red vision rage i hate <laughs> that song <laughs> well i'm not shiny note um what <laughs> besides the new album that you guys are working on uh mm-hmm. what are your plans going forward with with the new year uh well we're looking to be getting out of town a little more this year because you know covid had kind of put the kibosh on a lot of things and uh so yeah we're going to be looking at getting out of town again this year and like hoping soon you know i don't know what the weather holds but really want to get up to the detroit chicago area we have some friends up there that we want to play with like busby death chair and uh indonesian junk or bands that we really are looking forward to playing with we have something coming with blank 77 all though those plans were also put on hold for the moment um also looking forward to getting back to west virginia which i mean even though it's not far you -hmm. know it it's still a drive through the mountains and there might be snow but um you know like we have some friends down there like haggard wolf and big bad really like to get together with them you know i i would love to get back to new york uh i don't no, like I said, we don't have plan plans. They're just plans. <laughs> There's yeah. nothing set in stone yet. But it, so yeah, getting out on the road and finishing this album, and um, you know, we're hoping this album we're gonna do with an 
a label that we're kind of in love with. But uh, again, I'm not going to jinx anything by like saying it out loud. Okay. Uh, yeah, that's that's the plan. Um, keep playing local. I'm looking forward to being back with our boys like locally, you know, mm-hmm. and doing some really fun stuff around the city. You know, Cativo's back open, and I'm so excited about that. Cativo's one of my favorites. I love playing there more upstairs than downstairs because I know playing downstairs is hard on the guys' backs carrying that stuff. Oh, up yeah, for sure. For sure. <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's rough. But uh, upstairs, I like the VFW kind of feel it has up there. So, whatever it is, I'm really excited about that. Hoping to get there a few times. Praying that maybe the throwdown will come back via Crooked Cobras and we could do something like that because that's oh, the most very fun. Cool. Very um, cool. Well, I, yeah. I, I, uh, I, I tell the listener, uh, check out the homicides. They have uh, the albums Make You Dead and 11, two great EPs. Um, they, can check, uh, they can check you guys out on Bandcamp. It's a homicides Bandcamp. That's um, with an S. Also, H-O-M-I-S-I-D-E-S. Yes, don't worry. I'll put on the, on your on the <laughs> cover. I'll make sure to spell the name right. <laughs> Thank you. And I won't put the extra O in there either. Fuck that nonsense. I totally, totally appreciate that. I really. No, don't. you're welcome. I have, <laughs> I have, I have some cooth about me. Don't worry. <laughs> well, Daisy, it was a pleasure getting to talk to you. Oh yeah, so good to talk to you too, man. Thank you so much. You're welcome. Sorry for some of the uh, some of the disconnection issues, but it's we, okay. We were able to make it work. We survived. Yeah, and eventually down the line, I like to have the the, the guys join us too and too. Uh, have a really good group conversation and stuff oh, and get too. to know. Because, like I said, like you guys are one of my favorite bands Aww. coming out of Pittsburgh right now. I've been a fan for five years. Oh, thank and, you. And um, I was really stoked that not only did I did I get to know you and Nick better through through correspondence, Aww. but um. You know, I was really glad that you guys were willing were willing to give your song to an to an upstart label. Of course, man. You know, and I, I really appreciate that because, like I said, like it's all about generating interest in 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 the local stuff. At the end of the day, that's my Absolutely. that's my main focus. Absolutely, man. We appreciate all of it. Well, thank you. I appreciate it too. Well, Daisy, you enjoy the rest of your day, and it was really a pleasure getting to talk with you. You too, man. You take care. Hey, you take care too. All right, Bye. later. later.